Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Sunday Social. I am your host, Lucy Moon, and we discuss all things pop culture. Today, we're talking about Fantastic Beasts and maybe how not to find them because I don't know about you, I haven't seen the film and I'm not planning to. However, I wanted to chat with someone who has, and that person happens to be Hazel Hayes, who is a writer, director, and I would argue kind of online film critic. I've heard many things about the new Fantastic Beast, and there have been many articles written about it. Specifically, I'm thinking of one from The Telegraph, which is titled, Not Such a Fantastic Beast is Johnny Depp's Character on the Rocks. And then also from the Metro, who have written about Claudia Kim and her response to criticism over her casting as the character Nagini. I find all of this very interesting, especially as I think it raises a lot of questions about women in film and casting and how we can do better, especially in the wake of Me Too. And so I thought Hazel was a perfect person to talk to. So we had a really good chat all about Fantastic Beasts. It was quite a funny chat, I won't lie. And then just about casting in general and how to be a diverse caster without resorting to really poor quality tokenism. So I hope you really enjoy this chat. Uh, Let me know if you do. You can message us on Twitter and Instagram at the Sunday Social Podcast. So thank you. I hope you enjoy this. Hey, I'm with Hazel. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Good. We just laughed like something was hilarious. You don't know why. Welcome. part of the fun of making podcasts with people you're actually friends with. Because there's the two types, isn't there? There's the like, oh, I'm going in to interview someone who is minor celeb or notable talent. And then there's your friends who are hopefully notable talent as well. Yeah. (laughs) It's also sometimes when people come around that you haven't really met and they just arrive in your home. I've had this with Tipsy Talk so many times and they're perfectly lovely people, but it's just like... This is awkward. Yeah. We all know it. Hello, not welcome to my yeah. home. Why are you here? You end up being friends by the end of it, but exactly, yeah. yeah. But it does take a strong like three hours. Yes. Anyway, this is Hazel Hayes. Hello. Hazel, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, I'm Hazel Hayes. I am <laughs> clearly a friend of Lucy's. <laughs> we'll begin there. Um, I. What in which capacity do you want? What I, I how people might know this you. shouldn't be difficult. <laughs> Introduce yourself, she said. <laughs> so when I intro people, sometimes I say stuff that they don't do anymore, or I got it wrong, or I see that it's not how they would introduce themselves, and I'd rather it be what they think you they are. are diplomatic. A... Got yeah. it. <laughs> well, I would call myself a writer director. And um, primarily, I have been creating work for YouTube for a couple of years, uh, ranging from vlogs to sketches to short films, that kind of thing. 
and then started making sort of longer form series and then started doing more script writing and writing to spec and writing for briefs with various companies and that kind of stuff. It's one of those jobs. It's one of those. I'm trying to be a filmmaker and I'm sort of halfway there. Yeah. Good. Yay. <laughs> yeah, I did that. Um, You'd be surprised how, how rarely someone asks me to describe what I do. That's so interesting because I, I always think of you as being like, uh, yeah, writer-director, uh, specifically, I think, on the writer end. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, yeah. And then also almost a critical voice or, like, there's a critic, like, on Twitter, for example, like, on your on your microblogging sites. I'll take that. Yeah, you have, like, a yeah. critic angle that I really enjoy. I do. Enjoy. I have opinions. Yeah. <laughs> and you share them, which is why. Yeah. So I came to Hazel today and said, I'd really like to talk to you about Fantastic Beasts. And she went, oh, no. <laughs> Straight away. <laughs> like please tell me we're not talking about Johnny Depp I don't want to talk about that and she was like we're gonna talk about that a little bit I'm like oh no this is gonna this is gonna surface in a few years when I've made my first feature and I'm gonna be like she had opinions about this thing and it's it's since come out that she's wrong yeah this is the thing like you can't oh it's just complicated so maybe we're gonna like walk slowly around the topic of Johnny Depp and maybe not focus in on it Mm -hmm. but First of all, I wanted to ask you, have you seen the crimes of, I don't even know how to say his name, Grindelwald? Yes. There's various pronunciations within the film, in fact, Lucy. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, it ranges from Gr- Grindelwald to Grindelwald. Um, I kind of say Grindelwald, just so I don't sound pretentious, but I think that there's a more German pronunciation, potentially, that is more correct. We'll go with the W version. I don't, look, I, it's not the worst of the film's problems, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm skirting around it slightly. Oh dear. So you have seen it. Yeah. And have you, have you not seen it? I've not seen it because I don't want to put my money towards it. <laughs> I don't it. want to. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm a massive Harry Potter fan. Yeah. Like a real diehard Harry Potter yeah. fan. And obviously I went to see every film in the cinema bar the first. I was eight. I saw Fair, it, that's allowed. you know, at a Halloween night on DVD. <laughs> a Harry Potter but, SWAT team swing in the window <laughs> and take you. I'm like, you didn't see the first one. Yeah, you know, no, I was, you know, I've put a lot of money into the Harry yes. Potter franchise and I haven't seen Fantastic Beasts and I haven't seen the new one because I just don't necessarily want to fund a tangent project because yeah. I'm worried it's going to be like the prequels of Star Wars. That's fair. I haven't seen, this is similar to, I haven't seen the Han Solo film. Oh, yeah. And even I was offered to go to screenings for free and I just didn't want to because it's like, no, I don't need that in my brain as part of the lore. I'm Mm. sort of good. I will say I'm... So I'm not as diehard a Harry Potter fan as you. Um, So it's interesting to have two different perspectives. I am a fan of the films. I'm pretty sure I saw them all in the cinema as they were coming out. Um, But I, I didn't read the books. I think it was a weird point in my life where... I had, I think I was a little older. I was going to say, you have to be, I tried to reread them when I was um, maybe like a late teenager and it just, like late yeah. teen, early 20s and it just didn't have the magic for me at that time. But I think yeah. now I could go back and read them and it'd be, it'd It's be not right, to say but... there's no merit in something that's written for a younger audience. I mean, I love YA, sci-fi and stuff. It's just, I just couldn't get into it. And I had come out of reading... Um, the Lord of the Rings. I was just thinking, did you read Terry Pratchett and stuff, and then go into? I was into kind it? of. I had done. I had done Tolkien, and then I was really getting into Stephen King. So I'd read yeah. The Stand and It, and I think The Dark Tower as well around that time. So to then go back to Harry Potter just felt. And it should have been my bag. Like I love fantasy and I love sci-fi, but it. I just. 
I just didn't get into it. And then to be honest, the film started to come out and I kind of went, oh, well, I'm enjoying these. Yeah. It's fine. But yeah, so I, I saw both of these spin-offs as someone who... I would say I, I'm angry that it was so bad because I love film. Yeah. And because I saw potential in it from well, that perspective, but not actors, necessarily. Oh, budget. Yeah. You have a series of films that has fluctuated, but none of them have been terrible. No. Like, I mean, I really love the third film because it's Alfonso Cuaron and it's beautiful mm-hmm. and I just think it's clever and good. Mm-hmm. But, and they all vary a bit. Everyone has their favourites. Like, yeah. and that, that's sweet, but I think... This is a whole other... I, th- I think it's at like 40% on Rotten Tomatoes or something. Like, it's, it's, it's definitely <laughs> got the worst good. reviews of any of the franchise. I think that's li- that literally was reported by Enemy today. And it's sad. It's just like, yeah, like you say, there's resources behind it. There's a massive studio. There's incredible talent. You've got Oscar-winning actors in there. And they're all giving it their all. And I will say, everyone on screen is fantastic. Everyone is trying to make the best of it. It's just not very well written and executed. There's no plot. It's messy. Nothing really happens. An awful lot happens. But yeah, nothing. Nothing that I care about. Did you ever see any of the Fifty Shades films? Again, refused to watch them (laughs) on the basis that they looked shit. Yeah. (laughs) And I knew I would be angry. The perfect example of, I think, of that no plot, but so much happens. you yeah, make this I love those ones and this is like and apologies to anybody else who's also heard me on Reasonable Beef during this because I've just spent this week <laughs> around, I didn't know we were talking about this when you came in I'm so laughing. sorry um and it's totally fine it's funny but um what was I about to say yes what I said on that one as well was like it, it's just so rambling and meandering and an awful lot of shit happens and like the thing is with Fifty Shades again I probably wouldn't really have cared because yeah who gives a shit? But with this, I did care because I knew the potential of it. I knew, I know the potential these characters have to, to move people and affect people and that their stories can be so interesting and magical. And like, yeah, there's this whole world full of just so many interesting things that they just focused on all the ones that weren't. So I think that's why it's the same reason I get upset about the DC stuff because these are characters yeah. that I love and I know have good potential and they're just shitting on it a bit so it's it's quite sad i was just sad i i enjoy your review though thank you 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 express it in such a nice way i love those films as well like when i got home um (laughs) i got a bit high and then i got a bit angry yeah so i had like an hour long rant whilst high just just sort of describing the film from beginning to end and that's like that's all you need to do like you don't even need to embellish or insert opinion you just need to say to someone this is what happened oh my and God. you describe it and they go holy shit that's a mess <laughs> like, so what was the first thing that jumped out to you after leaving the cinema just out of curiosity I'm sure you discussed this <laughs> because I I would love to know because for me the thing I will always always notice if I watch a bad film is continuity errors and editing because I think because mm-hmm. I edit every week mm-hmm. it's not even like I edit anything big I just really see when something's wrong now that's interesting. I think there were problems with editing, certainly. Those are things that weirdly I can forgive. If it's a, a good story told well, and there's like, you know, continuity errors or like whatever. You know, I've yeah. been on a set. I know what it is to miss something small like that. I think one time on the series I was making, I left a bottle in the background with my name on it. <laughs> it's quite prominent in a shot. And I was so not yeah. as the director to just leave it in shot and not <laughs> notice it on the monitor. Like... 
but things happen. People's hair moves, or you know, oh, that light kind of thing. I'm so talking fine. like, have you seen I Feel Pretty? She drinks no, from a previous empty wine bottle, and I'm like, how oh, do you refill the wine yeah, bottle? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but stuff happens. like that, I kind of can forgive if it's otherwise good. Um, even little editing mistakes. Like I saw on the basis of sex recently. And I had a massive problem with some of the editing early on, but then it sort of panned out and it was fine. And overall, I think the movie's very worthy and it's it's an important film and it's trying to do a good thing. And so I'll always be kind of like, Does it, is it deserving yeah. of this anger? But the first thing I think I felt, I came out in a bad mood, which was like halfway wow. through it, it was very palpable to the, the people around me. Like my friends were like, you're not having a good time. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm really, I don't want to be here anymore. This is making me angry. And everyone kind of felt that way. <laughs> now this is to be fair, this is a, a pack of pretentious twat film lovers who are like, I would have done it better. And who's to say we would, we probably wouldn't have. It's a huge, huge mammoth task. Um, but I just came away feeling like it was a waste of time not my time it was a waste of all of the time and effort and money that went into it in that I was entirely unaffected by it I have left films where they have touched me in some way or they've left me thinking about something or feeling something and it just it stays with you it lingers and it creates a question and that's what good art should do or it just really fucking entertains you and it's funny and you escape for a little while one or the other this didn't either I just didn't care I, I remained entirely unaffected I hate that. I think yeah. that's maybe one of the worst things about bad films when you want to yeah. stop watching them. Yeah, and you can't because yeah. you're in a cinema and you've paid to see it. Oh, you can walk out. I've, I've I got have friends done. who fully do the... They're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think in the industry that I'm in, in particular, like, given the fact that I've done two podcasts about this week, like people are interested and I, I am interested in the franchise and everything around it. And I think I want to be informed and I want to be able to speak about it you know with <laughs> coming yeah. from an educated place yeah. I guess so that's why I was like no I'm gonna see yeah for myself so that I don't just believe the 40% on Rotten Tomatoes that I really yeah. form my own opinion about it exactly and stuff like that as well I think with bad film you can also develop a cult classic status after a while mm -hmm. and it's about assessing like whether that film has the potential for that or whether it truly yeah. is like Clueless is awful Oh, yeah. But it's one of my favourite films. Yeah. And it fully has that cult status. Yeah, there's loads of films like that that really aren't very good when you watch them back. Right, I have but a I question. Go. About, I don't want this conversation necessarily to stir around Fantastic Beasts, but I do want to bring up uh, Claudia Kim, who was cast as Nagini. Oh, God, yeah. And... Oh, fuck. I just remembered that character. Yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> Despite all the, you know, ignoring... My voice the... is muffled because I have my hands over my face. <laughs> <laughs> this is so entertaining. You feel it so viscerally. I really do. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. like, I can feel the sickness in your stomach as you think about this film. <laughs> oh, I dear. care too much about yeah. films. That's my problem. <laughs> so when it first came out about um, her casting as Nagini, there was a lot of controversy. Yes. Uh, because she is a South Korean woman and it seemed like typecasting to suddenly bring in a non-white character that's so, it felt to the audience kind of blatantly like typecasting mm -hmm, when mm -hmm. J.K. Rowling did not create or write a very diverse world and that's, people are kind of okay with it because yeah. of the time at which she wrote it and her own world, like when she was writing it. Mm -hmm. She was living in Edinburgh and was your classic British white person. Mm -hmm. um, 
So some people were really disappointed in that, from what I remember. And some people were like, no, it's great. Diversity is important. Just wanted to have a chat about, like, when casting is yeah. appropriate and inappropriate. Right. And you have casted some things. I've casted some things. Because uh, I've always felt I've like you got guys... got some did... feelings about this yeah, as well. <laughs> you haven't... I've always felt like you, you guys, as in Hazel and the team she works with, for those listening, <laughs> have, like, a really good attitude to it where you write around interesting characters and if you don't know something about those people you then pull in mm-hmm. a, you kind of consult with people who have that who life experience yeah. and yeah. have that experience and then with casting you try and bring in people who are appropriate for that role mm-hmm. and keep an open mind to diversity yeah so if you watch any of your projects it's just being just... aware i think okay you said a few things there let yeah, me sorry, try and address I've all gone of them. In. <laughs> no it's fine i remember all the things the problem is not that they just cast a non-white actor in this sort of in a role that was already kind of stereotypical for me I, I i i could be wrong i'm sure fandom will correct me wasn't there always something in the lore about nagini being doesn't that word like doesn't it have its roots in an asian language or something yeah. to that effect so Apparently it's Indonesian, according okay. to J.K. Rowling. I thought it was Hindi, but um, yeah, okay. it, it means like big snake-like creature, I think. <laughs> Brilliant. <So laughs> Very literal. Subtle, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've fucking hit the nail on the head there, J.K. Um, okay, so the, the problem wasn't really with the cat. Like, that in and of itself is not a problem for me. The problem is, you're right, she wrote a world where everyone was basically white at a time when that was sort of happening and we've forgiven her. But the problem is you now have a new series where you had the opportunity to create a whole new set of characters. And whereas you look at something like Star Wars, where now the hero is a woman and her partner in crime is a black guy. And then you have Diego Luna, who's Mexican. And it's a very, very incredibly diverse cast. A lot of the First Order stay white because it is kind of a commentary on the the, the right wing and all that kind of thing. Um... With this, we've created a whole new set of white characters. Uh, the main character is a white dude, which, you know, is fine. But his his friends are two white women and a white dude. And the villain is a white And the guy. villain is a white dude. And it's like, well, you're not really... always painted extra white in films. Extra. <laughs> yeah, yeah true, true. Um, and while you might argue that maybe the only decent thing about this film is that it does draw attention to uh, the rise of fascism and the far right, that is my sink, just wanting attention. Um, it, you know, it hits on that theme that maybe the only theme it does address and quite badly, but it tries. Um, it, it's not really creating that much, th- there's no contrast because most of the main characters are white too. I mean, Lita isn't and that other d- dude who tells them all the exposition isn't. Um, but yeah, the main characters are white. And so when you bring someone in to play a bit character, I think that's where the problem is. Also, Creepers yeah. is. Um, and really, and this is the issue, is she is an entirely bit character who is there... Could you explain what a bit character oh, is to sorry. people like me? She's just a bit of a non-entity. <laughs> okay. It's yeah. just like she's a peripheral character who uh, follows Credence around... And is, I'm not going to say slave-like, but I just did. <laughs> like, she's sort of a little bit subservient. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah, she's subservient to him. And she is really just there as a plot device kind of for him. And it's like she has nothing of her own. 
Yeah. So that's what bothers me. It's like, oh, you've gone to the bother of having a more diverse cast, but then you've made that character. But then I said something about all the, the female characters being a bit shit and like how that might be sexist, except it's not sexist because none of the characters are particularly well written. They're not very complex or interesting, so I can't say it's yeah. sexism. It's just bad writing. Um, <laughs> so that's the issue with... God, I sound like such a complete con. Um, <laughs> so that's the issue with her. Casting in general, yeah, I really, really go to pains to make sure that I'm being aware of diversity. And it is tough. Like, you sometimes, early days, like, you would get things from people being like, oh, just all white people, is it? And it's like, mate... I've got no money. These people are just people I know who were willing to come along. I didn't have the luxury of running a casting and, you know, really like having the choice to be like, no, it will be divorce or it won't happen. Because I I couldn't reach out to other actors. And like, this is also a sad fact, but most of my friends are white. And why that is the case in London, a very fucking diverse city, I'm not really sure. Um, But that's just sort of how it's landed. We all met through YouTube and this is, we know each other and, um, it's obvious in our videos that there's a lot of white people and it pisses me off sometimes and so then when when I did start to have a bit of a budget and I was making more scripted stuff um, it was very much something I was aware of to introduce um, people of colour uh, even people with disabilities people of different sexual orientation like I think that's really important to show that said that's not necessarily my story to tell. So that's another one is like, I haven't been disabled um, and I haven't been oppressed by white people. So, you know, I'm not d Rees. I'm not out there making mud bounds. Um, and I, that's, that's not the, the story that I can tell. But what I would say is you can write characters and then cast whoever the fuck you want. Like I can write a story about anyone and then in casting potentially make them male or female, make them gay or straight, you know, make them young or old, whatever. Um, So that's something to be aware of. And it's something that (laughs) it's so noticeable in films like, uh, like Nancy Myers films. Like, oh my God, I went to see Home again last year with Reese Witherspoon. Not many people have seen it, but stuff like that or The Holiday, it's complicated. Like those, those types of sort of fumbling rom-com yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. sort of innocent, like harmless films. There are no people of color. Yeah, and once you start to notice this stuff in film, it becomes aggravating. Like there came a point watching Home again where I think I had seen two black people, who I think one was a waiter, and someone else was like someone else in the service industry, but none none of the main characters, of which there were many. Even at one point she rocks home and there's a yoga class happening in her back garden for some fucking reason. And there's like 25 women and an instructor, all white. And it's painfully apparent that these people have, you know, they've, they've, a script has been written. It's gone through a production company, a studio, casting. You've had the castings. You've brought all these people in. You've gone, yeah, great. You've had them on set. You filmed it. And no one at any point along the way went, wait, this doesn't look right. What's, miss- <laughs> what's missing? Um... It's yeah, that bothers me. Like when we're making small little productions and, you know, we're kind of using whatever resources we can and often that's favours from friends. It's one thing, but in a big budget movie like that to ignore diversity is really appalling. And that's why something like when I saw the first Fantastic Beast, it was like, okay, so there's four main characters. They're all just white and straight mm. and like, okay. <laughs> Woo. Yeah, it's like yeah. you could have changed that. You could have tried to make a difference and... Yeah. You just didn't. Especially in those films that are set in today. 
yeah. in a city. They're always always those rom-coms. Now, now you've mentioned it, I think to all the rom-coms, like they're always set in, yeah, in like Seattle or like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like Toronto. Yeah. Or, I don't know, some American city with a diverse population mm-hmm. with characters that could be anyone. <laughs> I don't yeah. Know. It's really aggravating. It could be certainly cast it. by anyone. I mean, you know, when I'm writing, I often do write from a female perspective. Um, and I, I want to do that. And it's something I'm intending to do. And a lot, of the, a lot of the characters are sort of semi-autobiographical as well. And for that reason, I think maybe it... Not, not that it would be hard, but I think it would completely change the meaning if I were to suddenly change my main character, who is a woman, and it's about her, you know, yeah. <laughs> struggles as a woman to a man. Um, that might be a bit different. But in action films... Or, you know, big blockbusters, I see absolutely no reason why if you have a, a, a team of people who, they're not particularly complex, they're just going to go out and shoot some shit. Like, why they can't be diverse absolutely baffles me. Yeah. Um, and in particular, something like this, where it's set in a fantastical world. Um, Specifically set in a different time frame and mainly yeah. a different place, right? Yeah. To the Harry Potter films, which are mm-hmm. meant to be what, like, like, northern northern scotland yeah which you kind of forgive you're like all right maybe the majority of a school population in scotland at this time would have been mostly white like but then also who gives a shit like couldn't you just sort of like yeah and when everyone was cast as well that was like an eight wait how long were they recording those films for like 15 years Mm -hmm. or something and like people were not thinking about diversity the way they They are now in 2000 or in 1999 and you've committed to those those yeah. people. Whereas as soon as you have the opportunity in the way that Fantastic Beasts now mm-hmm. has to like cast cast better. Mm-hmm. Which is why Star Wars is such a great example. Because there's yeah. literally jokes about there's one black guy in the galaxy and like two women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now they've really gone to pains to to make a difference yeah. there. And, I and it makes the that. old ones more lovable as well. Because you're like, okay, well, at least the team behind this, now that we see with the newer ones, yes. are like, oh, you know... You're trying. They're trying to rectify what <laughs> yeah, they did. Like, yeah, like that's a nice thing. And I think as well with with bad casting for these new films, there'll be kids watching this who see Albus Dumbledore on screen now, and they like him less than they did in all the other ones. Mm-hmm. When it's like Michael Gambon, right? And it's just he's just wonderful and yeah. great. And I just yeah. That's I mean, Jude Law is incredible. Yeah, as him he gives a stellar performance like I really this is a weird thing to say but like I felt the spirit of Dumbledore in him like there was a real essence he was capturing and often you see people play their a character's younger self or older self and it, it can either be like either they're not like them at all or it's a caricature like mm. I've been told in Han Solo, it feels like him doing an impression of Han Solo of, oh, of Harrison oh, Ford. No. I've not, <laughs> I haven't seen. But um, yeah, but with Jude Law, it felt really like it was him and it was his character who he'd, you know, worked on. But there was something of Dumbledore in there, and there was a twinkle that just kind of reminded me of him. And I was like, mate, you have nailed that. I was so happy for that, which is why I'm so annoyed that that's not what the story was about. Because. Yeah like why it wasn't about Dumbledore is beyond me and again I'm repeating myself because we had this conversation the other day but there were there were interesting threads that like shouldn't have been threads they should have been the main story there's well like there's Dumbledore can't fight Grindelwald because he loves him it's a potentially gay relationship and it's forbidden at the time and there's something 
very interesting like politically about that there's something very human about that like forbidden love and all that um that's lovely and then there's like this love story that they push on you between lita and newt mm. but he's not interested her in her in the present day at all he's he's chasing this other woman but throughout the film we keep being given flashbacks and exposition that make you want newt and lita to be together but you shouldn't want them because they're not but that again was this forbidden love thing it was like two outcasts in school neither of them really had friends um like, and she believes herself to be a monster and he has a penchant for monsters. And and it, it, literally the line is said towards the end of the film where she acknowledges yes. that, but it's so throwaway. It sounds weirdly Futurama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It to me. I'm like, yeah. what is this film? <laughs> it's mental. But like, that's all stuff that doesn't get explored. It's mentioned, but it doesn't get explored at all and it's like you could have followed any one of those stories from the beginning and just told us that and instead you tried to tell us 50 different broken stories about random new cast members you've created but not really spent enough time developing and yeah yeah it's it's unfortunate sorry i've gone back into (laughs) complaining about the film (laughs) but it's such a shame when it's jk rowling who's written it and yet she managed to write seven good well-told stories well she wrote books. Yeah. She never wrote the screenplays. Yeah. And now she is writing the screenplays. Oh my. Um, <laughs> it's not to say that people can't write, but I mean, I'm a, I'm a scriptwriter and I'm now writing a book and I say that now and people are like, well, it's probably shit. I don't know. <laughs> I, have to, I have to wait until both are <laughs> approved to be good to say this. But um, I think it's, it's a, it's, they're just very, very different things. And when I'm writing a script, I'm in such a different headspace to when I'm writing prose or even when I'm writing uh, spoken word or poetry or whatever, like they're just different formats. And I don't know if it's because she isn't as good at this format or because it's being translated wrong to the screen or because the studio had uh, too yeah, much involvement. I, yeah, I have, like... I have zero idea, but it feels to me like a bad screenplay. Yeah. It, it feels like a writer who is used to being able to tell you everything that's happening in a character's head. And particularly like within a book, you'll have that thing where you get towards the end of the book and you'll just flash back on something. Yeah. And so you have a whole chapter of, uh, of uh, you know, something that's happened in the past or whatever, an aside or exposition. And, and the half one works in a book. Like within that the dark... is how she writes. That is how Completely. J.K. Rowling wrote. Okay, so you see, I didn't Potter. read them. Yeah, but she was, yeah. Like with the Dark Tower series, the third book, Wizards in Glass, is all flashback. So you meet a character, you go on a journey for two books with him, and then suddenly you're in his past and you spend an entire book in his past, and then you come back in the fourth. And it's beautifully done. That's harder to do in a film. It just doesn't translate, and it feels like she's trying to wedge that format into a film and also relying on us just knowing what a character is thinking, and we don't because we're not being shown. Uh, so I think that's probably where it's falling down, if I had to guess. But I really don't want to insult JK either, because, like, fucking hell I mean she's yeah. one of the most prolific writers she's also been given the biggest screenplay probably of a newbie ever <laughs> like yeah. like I couldn't I wouldn't profess to be able to do that yeah I write screenplays but they're they're small they're people in rooms like mm. and I think that's what this could have been I think that's the issue is like it, it suddenly is a big silly CGI blockbuster and it, yeah. it, it, it suffers from big silly CGI blockbuster syndrome yeah. in a way in the way that a lot of the DC movies do where it's like just focus on the human story and then we'll give a shit about the big Bernie Dragon Balls. Yeah. But I don't care about the big Bernie Dragon Balls because I don't care about these characters. Um, 
which is a shame because she has made us care about characters before. Yeah, this is, yeah. There's so much to unpack with that in particular. But I think we should draw this to a close. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I, think we're, I think we're at like, what's our time like? Yes, we should. We've been talking for half an hour. We didn't even get into all the stuff I you know. wanted to get into. But I, I think we've explored a lot. And I think as well, like, there's so much potential to talk more about it and to have more thoughts on it. And, you know, and there's lots to talk about women in film. And you never know, maybe we'll do a part two sometime about Ooh, something completely different. I would love to. I'm always happy to talk about it. I mean, clearly. And that would be a part two. I'm like, always ready All about it. All yeah. of- Did you hear the Chris McQuarrie um, Empire podcast? He came yeah. in to do one podcast with the Empire team and I think they ended up doing three and they were all like between one and three hours. It was all about Mission Impossible. It was just like... <laughs> completely dissecting that. his own films and it they're stunning I was like writing down quotes from them and everything they're great I just love a love good it. podcast yeah. I love when you get to the end you're like there's more we could say yeah. right we'll just do another one <laughs> but right now we are being shortened I have shortened. to go do a pub quiz yes and I have to go and I'm going to create a round table are you? yeah with whom? social circle great I know lovely but that'll be fine okay. but I must go now so thank you so much Hazel where can we find you on the internet where you... do you prefer to be followed <laughs> oh I love being followed anywhere really just around about the place um my youtube is youtube.com forward slash Hazel that ranges from all my vlogs and stuff to the, I love the script YouTube forward slash Hazel because <laughs> I used to work at youtube <laughs> and I got it from myself <laughs> but that is not possible anymore I know some no, people you have can't like forward slash Tom we can't do that anymore can't do it anymore um so that's youtube and I'm the Hazel Hayes on instagram and twitter You'll find I'm more opinionated on one than the other. I'll let you figure that out for yourself. <laughs> I still follow her on both. So <laughs> but you're one of very few. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. Thank for you for us. having me. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this chat as much as I enjoyed having it. Hazel is hilarious. She is so funny and so witty and so dry in her humour. I love it. Let us know what you thought about Fantastic Beasts and whether you're going to go find your way to a cinema hey. <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram. Use the hashtag the Sunday Social on Twitter and on Instagram you can go to find us at the Sunday Social Podcast. That was a really hard mouthful. I don't quite know why. I'm really looking forward to next week on the podcast when we have a very special guest. I'm really hoping it doesn't fall through. Fingers crossed. So until then, I will speak to you next week. Oh, and if you could leave a review on your favorite podcasting app, that would be incredible. I personally use Apple Podcasts, but I know some people use Overcast, some people use Spotify. Leaving a review would help us greatly. So thank you so much if you get around to it. And I think this is the point where I will say bye. So bye-bye. I hope you have a wonderful week and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. 
Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions, including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.